Hello, my name's Adam Watling. I'm head of LCF Careers, and you're listening to a podcast which is to support the LCF Final Year Design Graduate Roadshow, which we have decided to coordinate and put on for you to be able to interact and tune in to a range of different uh, sessions and pieces of advice which we hope will really help support you with your transition from final year student to graduate in the creative world of design. We're joined today by a very special guest, Harold Kensington, who's an LCF graduate um, and now successfully runs his own fashion brand. Harold is actually a contemporary designer based in London. His brand, Harold, focuses in ready-to-wear unisex clothing. Harold's professional background ranges in aesthetic and establishment of brands such as Diane von Furstenberg, Celine and Yeezy. So, Harold, thank you very much for coming along and meeting with us today You're and welcome. sharing some of your insight and knowledge for our students. Um, I want to start really by asking you a little bit about your background and your journey to where you are now. Can you tell us a little bit about your time at London College of Fashion um, and how you started to understand and realise that you one day wanted to set up your own creative brand? My time at LCF, it, w- it was good, it was fantastic. Um, I think. I always knew at LCF that my brand, or I thought at LCF, my brand would come later in my life. But I knew I wanted to work for a couple of brands before then, basically. And um, my time at LCF was just literally me working on my skills, communication, um, sewing skills, and design skills, and just, you know, just being creative. I found that from time to time, like, I may not be able to communicate in a specific way, let's just say drawing. So I would have to find another way of communicating, let's say Photoshop, let's say collage, whatever it was, like I would have to find another way. So at LCF, I tried and, you know, I, I think I successfully <laughs> gained the, the skills I needed. Yeah, so my time at LCF was literally me just being as comfortable as I could possibly be, either on the sewing machine, in any possible way for, like, you know, preparing myself for the real world. Um, and I think, I think that was, uh, that definitely helped me because... From time to time, I think to myself, there is no time I ever have again to mm. work on a project for like, you know, six months, you know, mm. and it's due in six months. There's no time like that. Now it's like instant. It's mm. either a week, you know, two weeks maximum. And even if it's a longer period, like let's say a collection, things are changing so often that it's not really like, okay, here's the brief and this is what the brief is going to be mm. for the next six months. The brief could change. So I think my time at LCF really did help me, you know, it put me in a nice space where I could explore as much as possible and you know work on my skills so mm. when I got into the real world I basically was like equipped with enough mm. to sustain myself. Mm. So that balance of being extremely creative and having that space while you're studying to, to experiment and do different things at what point did you start to then think well ultimately I'm going to need to use my skills to either make money or design for a certain type of audience how did you start balancing that very creative with now i need to focus it down into a certain area of the fashion industry for a certain market lcf was you know it made me be creative my industry experience as well made me be creative because i was being creative under someone or on someone else's budget and under someone else's time or whatever it was Mm. and then i think realizing everything when it came to my business because you know I, after working for people, I was like, I can do this myself. Right, okay. So um, I think that point, in terms of your question, came when I basically had to run my own business myself. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is how I can, you know, use what I learned at LCF or, you know, use what I learned in industry mm. to, like, make 
this relevant to the fashion industry. And that was going to be actually, I'm glad you mentioned uh, about the experience because that was going to be one of my key questions. Obviously, we have a lot of students who are interested now, especially in their final year of creative studies, in their one day the idea of their own brand. Some may have already started to do some work towards that. But how valuable was actually going out and, and getting experience in the industry working for other people and maybe even learning from people's mistakes. How important was that for you now as you look back? I think depending on where someone is, you know, in their lives, if you're a mature student, you may already have had experience Mm. that you can apply to, you know, your graduate study and then you can run a business. But if you are a student that is literally just starting, you know, like literally just start like you know graduating and mm. you, you've had no industry experience i would stress for the student or the person the individual whoever it is to go and definitely get experience you learn about different departments you learn about people's different roles you learn about a role that you may think oh this is the role i wanted but this is actually not the role that i'm great at and i, I should probably do this because i would enjoy this more because mm. i've realized you know if you do what comes naturally to you you can actually succeed in that position and you you may find out that you're happier doing something else rather than thinking to yourself oh i want to be you know a women's wear designer i want to be a women's wear designer but you're a fantastic illustrator Mm. or you're a fantastic men's wear designer rather than like a women's wear designer Mm. so it's like i always stress for you to like go and definitely get industry experience for me like whatever stage you're at in your life um if you're a student graduating, you should like, if, if you've got the experience already, mm. then you know, you can go ahead and start on start yeah. your own business. Yeah. But also something else I will stress is the finance of it all. Now that I'm running my own brand, it's like, I'm very fantastic with saving and budgeting mm. and all that stuff. But as much as I budget and as much as I save, because I'm like working and I'm also freelance, bulks of money just keep going. Mm. So unless you have a sustainable amount of money coming in, you, it's either you work or yeah. you find an investor or like, you know, you have just that sustainable mm. amount of money coming in mm. for you to run that business. Mm. Because I think there's this um, general consensus of like thinking, oh, you must struggle because that means you're doing something right. No, that's a lie. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to struggle. If you can like, you know, get that thing going then you can focus on the creativity, then that's fantastic. Mm. Always have finance behind yeah. you. And I guess cash flow is the one thing that new business always complains about you know, yeah. making sure that, that if you're doing work, how you get that, that money coming in and ensuring that that does happen. I guess going back to your journey a little bit more and, and as we work towards stressing you out with the details of all your, the business side of things, but when you first had gained that experience that we touched on a moment ago, did you go into employment experience thinking at the time, I'm definitely going to one day run my own business or have my own brand, or was you just going into in experience just to learn about the industry? How clear was you at that point? I feel like um, I always knew I wanted to have my own brand. This was how I saw it. I was going to be a graduate designer, get a graduate role or something, become a designer, become a senior designer, become a creative director, and then mm. own my own brand. Mm. Funny enough, all of that has actually gone zoop. Like I've right. done all those things literally yeah. within the past seven years and I'm actually at the point where I now have my own brand. With all the contacts I've made, whether I utilize them or I don't utilize them, it's like all of what I thought I wanted to do, I've actually done mm. and I'm at that point now. Um, I just felt like I would be at that point much later in my life. So I think, uh, yes, I definitely always knew that I wanted to have my own brand. It just went much faster than I expected or thought yeah. it would go. Uh, and that is something that I think can catch people off guard, isn't it? Because like you just said there, most students or individuals will think 
realistically, we're looking at maybe a potential a decade before yeah. I can actually say I'm a own my own brand. But for you, it suddenly it's moved so quickly because I guess the amount of work and commitment you were putting into it. Yeah. Um, and and how quickly did you have to adjust to different milestones? What was the process? So you graduated, I think we said seven years, seven years, seven ago. years ago. You graduated from London College of Fashion. Um, and in those seven years, straight after graduation, did you at that point already have your label set up? Had you gone through the process of establishing your own business plan? Tell us a little bit about those initial stages as oh. you went from student to graduate. Well, I can definitely say my business plan, I'm still even working on it right now. Okay. <laughs> but um, before I graduated, I wanted to get a you know great role. So I applied to Holly Fulton. So even before I graduated, like I had already secured that position. Um, that was that was great. And while I was at Holly Fulton, the reason why I actually went to Holly Fulton was because I wanted to work at Longvan. And I thought to myself, well, if I want to get closer to Longvan, because Holly Fulton was the head designer of women's wear accessories at Longvan, I need to get information. And how, how brilliant to get information from the designer that actually works there. So I went to work with Holly Fulton. She gave me the information that I needed to make me make my decision. I made my decision and I realized that, okay, maybe Paris may be later in my life. And, you know, put it off. It was great advice. It wasn't like, don't go. It was just more like, okay, let me just, you know, delay this more. Let mm. me get more experience. Um, while I was at Holly Fulton, um, someone I knew was um, working or was going to be working at Diane von Furstenberg in New York. And I thought to myself, brilliant. Like, how do I get involved with this? She gave me the email of, like, uh, the coordinator of um, recruitment. I emailed and uh, they got back in contact with me. Shocked. I was happy. Um, that was fantastic, but I had to like sort out visas and all those things. Um, so I did all of that, and that was fantastic. I went to New York. The, that was the first time I had actually left the country. Really, that's okay. fantastic. And I, you know, I was um, 21. I had, uh, you know, yeah, I'd never left the country. So uh, this was fantastic for me. I was so happy. Uh, I was living by myself, obviously with someone, but mm. by myself. Like mm. I wasn't living at home with my parents or my siblings or whatever. Um, so that was fantastic. Uh, New York was amazing. Diane herself was brilliant. Um, and for me, even though it was a role to learn, you know, to work, I was learning other things. Like, you know, like I just mentioned, it was the first time I had left home. Mm. And I, so for me, I was growing as a person yeah. as well as, you know, growing as a designer or creative. Yeah. So that was fantastic. I learned what I needed to learn. Then, you know, I learned something else in terms of like visas and working, like, you right. know, the logistics of like yeah. the law and things you can actually do and all that stuff. So that was my first experience of, um, with that. I think a lot of students, are, uh, a lot of students when they graduate, they're going to need to realize that, you know, the things they need to consider like visas, working visas mm. and all those things um, and settling in other cities because it may not be London that, you know, mm. you have to work out or you want to work out you may want to work in other um, cities so that was fantastic I learned what I needed to learn my visa expired I had to come back to London I applied for loads of random jobs like you know just really like mass production like fashion and you know high street a lot of them said no and this was the crucial moment where <clears throat> I decided to like take a step I applied to Stella McCartney um, and that was fantastic. I went for the interview. Everything went amazingly well. And um, they they said yes. And then, you know, they said no, basically, because the person that was supposed to leave didn't leave anymore. And I thought to myself, OK, well, do you know what? I'm just going to apply to Celine because Celine was the brand mm. I really, really, really wanted to work at mm. and kind of like, you know, end up at. But I was like, ah, oh, just going to try. 
who knows they may say yes they may say no but let me just try so literally what i did was um i took my um one of my coats from my graduate collection the loudest coat it was like this <laughs> burnt orange so it was so loud i took that and i took my portfolio and i just went to drop it off at celine and i didn't know if there was actually a role I just went to drop so it So it's very much a speculative oh. type application. Seriously, yeah. I was just kind of like... At that point, I, I guess you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. And, you know, they got back in contact with me like three weeks later, which I thought was the longest three weeks of my life. <laughs> and what were you doing in that period, just to remind oh, us? Oh, yeah, just um, I was um, working in retail. So, okay. uh, like, I was working in retail. I think I was working at... Um, I was working in, Har- uh, um, in Harrods, yeah, um, for Kurt Geiger. So this took me right up to summer. And then, um, rather than the summer when um, Stella McCartney said no, I um, applied to Celine. So you must have been feeling the pressure at this Definitely. point. Because obviously it's been a little while since you've been out. Obviously you've had yeah. the great experience. But now you're like, you're in retail, but you're still hungry and driven to get into the into design. And now you're just like speculative applications all the way. Exactly. Like I applied to so many places. I applied to Dior. I applied to uh, Paul Smith. I applied mm. to, I applied everywhere. And, you know, all of them said what they needed to say. No position, like, you know, we can't take one. Yeah, the yeah. usual. <laughs> and then I, you know, that was when I was just kind of like, well, Selena. And they got back to me at the beginning of August. And they were on a month holiday, basically, because August is the month holiday in Paris. Yeah. And then uh, right at the end of August, I, full, like, fully started. And I was at Selene, yeah, for a year and a half. And that was the best, mm. and still is the best design experience I've ever mm. had, because it was a luxury brand with the finance, and no, like when I tell you there was no expense, it was just kind of like let's do this, let's do wow. that, let's cut this up, let's cut the, let's be creative. Um, so that was fantastic. Mm. I absolutely loved it. I uh, still draw, you know, my experience from Celine in how I design now. Not to say that I didn't also add things to Celine, mm. but um, I think it was a good space for me to yeah. grow as a designer because I think a lot of students, that's the kind of experience they want from whatever brand they start off at. It's like, let's do all of these things with this budget. But mm. you know, when they start out, it's like, no, the budget is kind of this small. We can't do this. We need to save this for, you know, so and so and so. But Celine was like, let's do everything. Which is an absolute dream for <laughs> someone like yourself with yeah. that creative vision used to being in an environment where you could create and, and design so to go in and it's like a sweet shop really for a designer isn't it, it to be able to say no budget be as creative as you exactly. like i can hear a lot of our listeners sort of asking for me i can tell to go back and ask you a bit about that moment when you got the opportunity mm-hmm. with celine so you'd obviously gone through the process of that speculative application can you just tell us a little bit about what what do you think it was that made them come back to you or give you an opportunity i mean what did you give them the color of the coat the color and anything else like was uh, it a good my, cv what do you what do you think my, the secret my was? portfolio i will say me working at dvf diane von Furstenberg, definitely helped because i think it showed the designer that i was willing to leave my comfort zone and have a discussion about you know leaving london also he was american so i think we could communicate like oh i went to that city oh did right. you go to that street did you go it's like making communication yeah. and making um you know things that you can relate to because this is something I would actually say that I've learned. If you get an interview, I personally think you've got the job. You just need to convince them that they want to work with you. 
Because if you haven't got the job, if they're not interested, mm. they wouldn't even get back to you. Mm. But if when you go on to the interview, you don't need to prove to them like this is like, you know, this is what I've done. That is what I've done. And, you know, I'm this good. I'm that good. Mm. That's what your CV is there to do. Mm. When you come as a person, you need to show them that person that mm. you can work with me personally mm. or like, you know, professionally or whatever mm. it is. Like you can be around me as a person. Mm. So that common because we always talk about it in our the, the whole careers team I'm sure our students will have heard us talk about that you can be you can be the most amazing designer in the world and be so talented but if you can't like you say then in front of people communicate that and explain your creativity and your design but also like you said find common ground yeah. where people can buy into you because you can be designing all day long but if you aren't very open or communicative or you know engaged then that's what really employers are looking for. That first time they meet you, isn't it? Yeah. That's you know that is really testament to what you were saying there. It was your personality and character, as well as your obvious skill set yeah. and experiences that that came through, and yeah. persistence, I would say as well, because it didn't just happen for you overnight, did it? D- definitely know? didn't. <laughs> I think there was a point that I then got at Selena and I realised I couldn't get any higher because obviously I wanted to jump up to like you know senior designer and like mm. seeing as this mm. was the brand i wanted to end up at well i'm here <laughs> let's make our way mm. up basically i wanted to get up to senior designer i wanted to get up to you know um head designer as well and then you know whatever else came after that if a position came but i realized i couldn't go past just being a designer so i thought to myself okay what am i going to do and previous seasons to the season that i was no longer there was um i had seen kanye come to the show mm. and also come to the after party yeah I never said anything because you know you're not supposed to approach these celebrities mm. when they come to these shows but when I was like okay well I'm not gonna be here next season <laughs> yeah spoke to him and um, it's a bit standoffish in the sense that you know you're supposed to know you're not supposed mm. to approach them but mm. he didn't know I wasn't gonna but be he there. has a relationship anyway with Central St. Martins yes and so wouldn't have been a million miles away Wait. from understanding your background right. I guess. exactly um, and then um, I basically this was like one of the bravest things I've ever done but like I knew that I could definitely back it up so when he when I felt like he wasn't going to listen to what I said or I was going to say I said to him you know go ask Phoebe about me and I walked off wow <laughs> takes a lot of nerve to do that <laughs> and um and basically, whether he spoke to Phoebe or he didn't speak to Phoebe, I felt like I could back that up. Like, if he yeah. did go speak to her, mm. she would, like, understand. And there was a point at a Christmas party, we were dancing to his song, Myself and Phoebe, <laughs> and everyone was like, wow, like, why are you yeah. dancing with the creative director? Like, because she's feared in the studio for yeah. some reason. She's not, like, a terrible person. She's, like, really quiet. But, you know, I think sometimes when you're quiet and you don't, you just give looks, you don't say stuff, people, like, fear that more. Read into different things, yeah. interpret it in their own way. And it's adulation as well and admiration a lot and of admira- the time. Definitely. That, that intimidates people. And you obviously took it as this is just a, a blessing to be working in this environment and learning. Exactly. And it's funny how she probably read into that as well. So who knows what magic you weaved, but it exactly. worked. Um, and yeah, that was how I got my interview with Kanye. Um, literally. It was so can I ask you, sorry to interrupt, what, what you, so you'd seen Kanye, you wanted to interact. Yes. What was your pitch to him? What were you hoping to achieve by that connection? Um, I was hoping, because I literally thought it was just going to be something like a, a freelance position. So I um, I was hoping... So there was an opportunity to work with Kanye for a freelance... I didn't... I, again, you, you speculative. Just, just speculative. I just, okay, my thing, My thing is never really to plan too much, because plans always change. So it's like, well, if they're always going to change, then you might as well not make yeah. too many to So you knew with. you had the skills anyway to back up 
whatever it is that that might lead to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really interesting that you just went for it. <laughs> literally, I've literally been going for it ever yeah. since. <laughs> ever since I went for it for um, with Celine. Um, so I went for it I, like I thought it was going to be a freelance position. I literally said to him like, your brand, it being what it is, like there's so much money with the furs that you use. I can help you tailor that to get the aesthetic that you you want, basically. That was fantastic. I had my meeting with him literally the day I left Celine, the day after the show. I packed up everything, cleared up everywhere, and I went directly to his hotel. And then I showed him my portfolio, my graduate portfolio, actually. My graduate portfolio and another project I had worked on. He was really impressed by my graduate portfolio. So that was your final collection that you showed? At college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my final collection. So for me, I felt like, you know, this is the second time I'm showing this collection. It's, you know, it's golden <laughs> uh, because I showed it at Celine and then now I'm showing it again to get another role, a higher position, uh, a senior designer this time um, with this brand, basically. And um, so, yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, the meeting went fan- went great again. Um, and he was like, he really wants to work with me for a couple of years to to gain, you know, the aesthetic that he wants. Now, what I will say is, when I was interviewing with Kanye, uh, a couple of weeks later, I also interviewed with um, Saint Laurent, and I had to make a decision. And I think this uh, this is important for students to know because I was advised to not work with a new brand like Kanye because it's a new brand. It's it needs to gain its respect. Um, but I thought to myself. Do I want security or do I want to make a, a mark? Do I want to make my voice heard, basically? So rather than go with Saint Laurent, I decided to go with Kanye because I felt like I could, you know, mm. I could do more rather than like try to associate myself with the brand where I feel like I'm taking more from the brand to make myself feel better. I wanted to like, you know, give more to a brand to make that brand better. But I mean, what a position to now start being in where you are starting to see that people now, you're not just one opportunity here yeah. and there, people are really starting to notice you as a as a creative, as a designer, as someone who can offer something different to them yeah. as a business. And I think that the Kanye decision, obviously, probably wouldn't come around that often. And like you say, it's a chance to explore something. Exactly. And be part of, of something. And be part of something, uh, yeah. And, and was that the moment then when you realised that actually I don't need to be necessarily employed by people specifically I can represent myself and offer something just me that that Kanye's buying into that other people are buying into was that the moment that you really started to escalate that entrepreneurial journey I mean um I think that 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 journey came much later after working for okay. Kanye okay uh, it was um because when I started working for Kanye I com- I devoted myself this much to Celine, but I completely devoted myself to Kanye because I was actually moving cities, not like right. London to Paris. I was moving cities. I had moved to Milan. I'd moved to Milan. Then I came back to London. I worked at a studio that he owned in London. Um, then I moved to New York. And then, you know, that studio closed. Then I moved to LA. So I devoted my time. And I think mm. LA at that point was the point I was like okay I can definitely do this for myself because I've yeah. given myself <clears throat> so you know so creatively and professionally to this brand imagine if I was moving this much for myself and right, like, doing all these things yeah. for myself and I thought to myself okay while I'm in LA I could you know start my own brand I could like you know start my own business I can 
put some of my creativity, you know, to, to work and show it mm. under my name, basically. And tell me a little bit about then, so as you were going through those different changes geographically, your skill set was changing, your, you as a person, as you said already, was changing. How important were the development of new networks for you along that journey? Were there people you were engaging with that were giving you new ideas? Did you have mentors? How, how did you continue that personal reflection and development? Honestly, there were people I, I was meeting, people fantastic, you know, keeping in contact with. Um, however, honestly, I didn't utilize those networks well enough because in my mind, I felt like, oh, I'm using people. Right. And even if it was like, you know, I just felt like I was using people. Which is quite a British feeling, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we don't, as a nation, we don't lend ourselves that well yeah. to feeling like, what can I Yeah, what can for? I get? Yeah, yeah, what can I get? Exactly. I was very up for like, you know, helping people out and like, you know, give myself to, to projects and, you know, to whatever it was. Like, I was mm. like, I can, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. But I felt like I was using people. And I guess now at the point I am in terms of um, with my brand, I'm like, no, because I know what I can offer. It just seems more like a business transaction now, mm. like, like less exchange skills or services. Mm. So now I don't feel like I'm using anyone because it's like, this is also what I can offer as a designer or yeah. this is what my brand can offer you as, you know, in terms of collaboration. Mm. So it seems more like a exchange of skills or services rather yeah. than like, okay, do this favor for me or do this thing for me, basically. Yeah, you're abs- you, you have that strength of confidence in your own abilities, which I guess is a big theme that's coming through every step you've taken. The confidence to speculatively apply for an opportunity, the confidence to go up to Kanye and and say that there's things you can do and then make those moves. Mm. It's so important as well, and I think for all of our students who are in their final year of an undergraduate design degree at London College of Fashion, I always say that is a big selling point. You know, there are a lot of people out there who will look at LCF and as a degree from LCF as being a great qualification and and the sooner we can get used to as individuals talking about confidence and what we do as being something that is a solution rather than can you continue to help me i guess it's that it's that balance isn't it but that takes time it takes time doesn't it something i would also mention to the students is i think everyone sees the tuition fees as oh this really high price that you have to pay for education which it is for sure i completely agree with that but it's like if you're going to get a car you need to save up a lot of money for it. So you know when you get that car, you're not gonna crash that car. So with the same way that you have to pay tuition fees for this education that you're getting, make sure that when you're, you've graduated, you really know what it's worth. Mm. So don't just think, oh, I have to go to like 5,000 classes that I don't need. Go to the classes knowing that when you do get there, you're going to do your best, you're gonna get more from it, and it's actually only going to benefit mm. you as a person creatively. Mm. like that theory class or like you know essay class that you don't want to go for the amount of essays i have to write now they don't seem like essays to me because when i have to write me writing my business plan now it came to me so easily but you know when we had to like do those essays i was thinking to myself oh i have to cite this i have to say this is where i got this quote from now that i'm writing my business plan i have to get a quote from somewhere like let's say the ndp or mintel reports saying this is what this figure is because I can't just write a fictional business no. <laughs> a business plan. Yeah. Everything has to have like you know facts and figures. It really does help. I think a lot of people come to college or university thinking it's just education, but really, it's, for me, it's like it, you have to see it as what it's worth. And if you're paying all this money to like get this education, why won't you even be present? Mm-hmm. Utilize it for what it is and be present. Otherwise, just don't even come yeah. at all. 
if yeah. you're not going to be so you get out what you put in exactly and yeah. believe me I, I paid whatever I paid for tuition mm. fees at that point but when I was at college I probably got 5,000 times more out of it because I was always in the open access yeah. <laughs> I was always asking the, the, the t- um, technicians that were absolutely fantastic the tutors people that weren't even my tutors I went up to them yeah. to ask yeah. <laughs> for stuff it's that definitely that attitude mixed with talent which is exactly what has been the key to your success all the way through it's enthusiasm it's knowing Effort. that you're doing this because it's going to be beneficial to you in in the future yeah definitely so going back to your journey which has taken us all over the globe already <laughs> what was the relationship like obviously moving away from the work you did with Kanye was that a case of you'd pretty much done everything that had been mapped out and agreed and supported with him and then was it as smooth as just going, right, I'm now going to move on to my own thing? How, tell us a little bit about that transitional period. That transitional period was more like um, me feeling my aesthetic had changed. It was a lot more casual and a lot more streetwear than I ever studied to be or than I ever wanted to be. So for me, it was like, yes, this is what I've studied and you know, this is what I also want to be. But then, you know, this other opportunity came for me. I was like, just like, go explore it. See what you can learn. A lot of people, or a lot of um, designers do want to be that Celine designer where it's like this very oversized, cool aesthetic. For me, I thought to myself, let me try the streetwear. Let me mm. try, you know, the urban wear and the way it like, you know, what, what can I learn? So I took a break from, from Kanye. It was a break that ended up being, you know, completely forever. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to design a collection, and I designed my very, very, my very first collection, standalone, and it was a lot of leather, and it was very much the aesthetic, again, of Celine, but it was a lot of leather, it was fantastic, I was super happy, it was the most expensive collection ever, <laughs> because that's when you realise, okay, I'm working with leather, but it does, it, you don't just sew leather like you sew cotton, mm. like you sew, you know, denim or whatever it is, you don't it has to be glued like you need specialists so it was like taking me into another direction and that was fine because when the collection was done I was so proud that collection has gained me more awareness to get to the stage I'm at now than anything else adding that to Celine and whatever it is but that collection anytime anyone sees it they're like wow like this collection is serious like Mm. what have you done with it has it sold so for me it's it was created so it was one of my um, experimentative like collections. Like a showpiece, really. Yeah, showpiece. Yeah. To get me the awareness I needed, to get mm. me the attention I needed. And I'm glad I, I was even able to like, you know, work on a collection. It was completely wearable. Mm. It was all wearable, but it was, um, it was done at such a refined level that it really, it really did help me. Wow. And, and can I ask, you don't have to go into loads of detail, but the balance which is often, and it would have been, I'm sure, prevalent in your your world at that time and continues to be, but the balance of funding yourself, investing in that collection, making sure that you've got a roof over your head, you've got food on the table while you're developing this career and, and, and pushing forward, how did you balance that? Was it a stress for you? Did it, in, was you enabled to still be as creative when thinking about how much you're going to get for it. I mean, what, tell us a little bit of that process. It wasn't a stress, but it was definitely a worry. You have to, like, you have to be organised. And when you're designing, as a creative, you, you know, people say, you know, you can be free, you can be this, you can be that, you can be messy. But at the end of the day, you know you have to achieve something, you know, have certain steps to get there. So you're going to have to be organised to, to do that. Mm. Even if you're, like, running around in circles, 
you're going to need to run around a certain amount of times before you get to the point that you need to get. Mm. So for me, I felt like, um, yeah, it was a worry, it was a stress, but I had to be organized in a specific way to, to get this collection going. And um, I figured it out as I went. I didn't know it, but I figured it out as I went. And um, it's actually taught me other things, like, mm. you know, at, up to this point. But um, there was no concrete plan, mm. but there was some sort of a plan. And yeah. Yeah, it didn't really like stress me out in that sense. Well, for sure, it definitely did worry me. So bring us up to speed then, where you're at now and, and how you then, obviously, this experience has got to where you are. Tell us a little bit more about your brand and how what your day-to-day is like at the moment. Okay, so again, my day-to-day is sometimes just decided the, the week before. But I will say the business and the planet is so fantastic now where the business has actually really influenced the creative I now, I now realize what people want in terms of all consumers want. And they want to feel comfortable, like anyone else, for sure. Mm. You don't want to feel uncomfortable mm. in what you're wearing or at an event. And I've always said this, and I've realized that recently, like, oh, yeah, like, you say it, and then sometimes you're like, oh, actually, this makes sense. I've, I've always said to people, when they're, like, telling me, oh, to style them, I'm like, okay. I, I style them, and I ask them, are you comfortable? Because when I worked in retail, when people would want, like, you know, different sizes and all of those things, they'll be like, oh, you know, bring me this size. And they would look uncomfortable, and I would ask them, are you comfortable? If they say no, I'm like, well, when you go to that party, you're not going to, like, you know, enjoy the party. The dress is going to be enjoying you, the fact mm. that you're not living the moment. You need to live the moment. So you need mm. to be comfortable, because then you're present. People, I know people want to be comfortable, and they want mm. to live in what they're wearing. Mm. It's not just a showpiece at all so the, the collection is wearable it's stylish it's not plain definitely it's stylish but you can kind of um, refine it and take things off mm. to make it more your style mm. it's really focusing on the wear that's why it's unisex actually I felt like men's wear or women's wear fantastic but that division I, did, I wanted to like exclude that division and have it focus on this garment is supposed to be worn rather than this garment is supposed to be worn by a man or by a woman. Mm. It just needs to be worn. Mm. If it's your style, if it's your size, wear it basically. Mm. And I think that also definitely is going to help my um, my orders because it maximizes the amount of people that can buy it rather than like, oh, just women can buy it or just men can buy it. So I think business-wise, that's how people need to be thinking because you want to be successful. You need, mm. to, you need to you know make things easy for yourself to be yeah. successful. You need to make things easy for people to want to like pick it up, like down to the colors, down to the fit, everything. Yeah. So you basically simplified it at this stage to give yourself the maximum amount of success. And then later on, I guess, you can start experimenting with other ideas and other things. Exactly, you know. And, you know, give yourself room to build as well and to Mm. grow. If you stifle yourself at the beginning, then that you're only mm. making your all that money you've spent on the collection mm. gone. Absolutely. So, how old is the brand now? Well, the there's a new brand. Okay. So Harold is in its first season. Yeah. Harold Kensington is two years old. Okay. Two years old, but Harold is in its first season, and um, it is building on from Harold Kensington. Got it. And you can hear the similarity, Harold and Harold. Yeah. <laughs> basically. It's in the same family, for it's sure. Def- well, def- it is you, basically. So. <laughs> exactly. It's in its first season. It's, um, and um, so yeah, ja- um, January, and it's in a showroom. That's something else I'll tell students to, to find, rather than doing things on a budget where you kind of like stifle your own growth. If it's needed, required, find a way and just do it that way. Right. 
find a way and do it that way. Yeah. Get that representation with, if I had started Harold Kensington with a showroom, I'll be in a different space right now where I could have merged Harold Kensington and Harold together to, to get the success I, mm. I was like, you know, I was hoping for. But it's fine. I'm still where I am and I'm fine with my progress. But um, I'm with a showroom and the amount of like, you know, interest it's fantastic. Like big stores, like uh, well, department stores and online stores. Sorry, um, like you know, Browns, Harvey Nichols, um, Lane Crawford. Um, some uh, other students may know Royal Flash. It's in Japan. It's like Harvey Nichols of like okay. Japan. Um, they're interested and they're like super impressed with the collection. Mm. And it's just the first season. And it's the right exposure as well. Basically, exactly, get yeah. the right exposure. Manage that level of exposure at the right time and, and that's where it's led you to get this momentum behind it as well exactly. so I could talk to you all day we haven't got all day unfortunately <laughs> so I've got a couple more points I want to make before we close but in terms of just tell us a little bit about the infrastructure around you at the moment so you, you're now responsible for you know a couple of your own enterprises mm-hmm. it's growing it's getting interest do you have people around you that help with certain parts of the business? I mean, because obviously you're the creative, but how much are you having to balance with creativity, but also just the day-to-day runnings of a, of a brand? Well, I do everything myself, apart okay. from, like, you know, the production. The production, you know, like, the knitwear is made in Wales, so I just need to sit down with them and give them measurements, and, you know, they, they create mm. it, and they carry on. Um, in terms of like the wovens, I do a lot of that in terms of um, the patterns because that's, I studied mm. that at college. So I'm kind of saving myself money rather than giving to someone else or rather than actually bringing someone else on to mm. like, you know, deal with that. Mm. And that's also extra mm. stress. So it's like I'm able to manage all those things. And if I didn't and I gave it to someone else, I would be waiting on someone else's time. So the, the And it'll sh- cost you more. And it'll cost money. me more, yeah. And I think that's the thing with business and creativity or fashion actually a lot of people and students need to realize it's a business mm. it's supposed to be bringing in money yeah it's income rather than spending more mm. literally you might as well com- compare it to like banking mm. because it's like it all amounts to the same thing exactly it? yeah so it's like whatever you can do to kind of save yourself money i've been told actually i should be a, be a banker because i'm always thinking <laughs> how can i save money uh, and you're too creative money. <laughs> Way and too make, creative and make money at the same time be creative with finance as well. Like, you know, be creative with the money and like, you know, think to yourself, how can I turn this idea to a money-making scheme, mm. basically? Mm. But, um, so basically the infrastructure is based around me where the design of the knitwear, I, I can do that. I definitely do that. Um, the design of the woven, I do that, even down to the pattern cutting. And I just need to facilitate the logistics with the, the, um, the factory and like, you know, speak to them or whatever. Mm. And that's done. Obviously, some of the contacts I've had, they've introduced me to the factories and then I've had to go in and be, you know, the business person to, like, discuss this. Other people have asked me, like, you know, why don't you have a business partner? But I'm like, well, if I can speak to someone and communicate my idea, why do I need to tell someone to then tell someone else? Yeah. Basically. Um, Depending on the success in the next coming seasons, years, and, you know, whatever... Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going to have to bring more people on because I'm probably going to be flying around again with all these meetings. But for now, the infrastructure, it it keeps me busy. And that's why I don't plan my days because I'm like, I know I'm going to have something to do. And so one thing I want to ask you definitely um, as well is, in my experience of talking to a lot of students who are at the early stages of setting up their own brand or exploring that, there's a lot of worry about um, how to market you 
what you're doing appropriately. You know, obviously it's instant social media and uh, different channels you can use, but people often talk about engaging with like a marketing agency to represent you and take you to the market. That strikes as being very expensive and a very risky game. And what do you feel about that? Do you always look after your own online social media? Because that digital footprint and how you're represented online has a big impact on what you're doing nowadays, doesn't it? It does, definitely. But I mentioned this just slightly earlier. You need to find the right agent. And when I say find the right agent, it means like, you know, for me, I have a showroom and I completely, it is a lot of money and it's actually taken a lot more of the the budget I had for the collection out. But the, the showroom are representing me mm. in the right way. Mm. It's getting me out there in the right way. Social media, I'm dealing with it myself because I can do that. That's fine. But in terms of like having the products, the samples in a space where someone's able to talk about it, for me, that's fine. That's money well spent there right from the very first start it's like get the showroom get the stuff in stores yeah once it's in stores the pr will then have um elements they can work with yeah. to talk about so it's like i think sometimes it's just strategy and thinking about stuff and working out your stages and where you are and being honest about where you are at the moment yeah what your budgets and limits are and and being ambitious enough in the future to think i can factor that in at in that later stage i think also people are always trying to work to this process someone else has like created that this is what you're supposed to do at this time rather than thinking what's relevant to me yeah basically mm. so um marketing comes later in that sense in mm. terms of like you know sitting down and spending mm. all that money but you need to select the right type of marketing mm. for you it could be social media if you can't afford a showroom and also what i've realized is that my stuff is um my collection sorry i should say is bringing more attention to the showroom the attention okay. they didn't get before. Right, okay. So they're a bit nicer to me. Yeah, so suddenly <laughs> it's working for them and yeah. the attitude changes. They're, they're yeah. absolutely lovely people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely lovely. Um, but they're, what I think what it is is not so much nicer. They're more understanding when I am when I have, like, you know, let's just say a situation that could be sorted slightly later or if I mm. need a favour, basically. Mm. They're, they're more understanding and more, like, you know, accompanying of mm. my my request basically and a lot of students worry about intellectual property and oh my god if I design stuff and then I show it what if people copy it and rip me off mm -hmm. where do you stand on that and and how have you worked to over the past protect your intellectual property um, I think I understand where people are coming from for sure however this is one thing if you have an idea that you never show you may never get another idea. Okay. So, yes, someone may take it, someone may steal it, or whatever it is, but it forces you to think about making that other idea better. And because it's fashion, it's visual, people have to see it. Mm. If you hide it, then yeah. they don't see it, then yeah. they're not interested, basically. Mm. So my thing is, I completely understand, I really do. I really, really do in terms of like, you know, intellectual property. But until you get to a big company, like, you know, the stage of a big company or like, mm. you know, the budget, even trying to protect those ideas, they cost money. They really do cost money. So for me, it's just kind of like, show what you need to show. If someone copies it, you're definitely going to do something mm. better. Just keep going till you like get the recognition that you, you want. And also that if people um, read up on the laws, they're things that actually do protect you that if someone steals it, you're protected in a way. So it's right. like, 
if you're you are really that worried about it actually go read the laws because they're mm. things that protect you okay. that if you've um, established it you can kind of like get away with it basically mm. if if someone tries to like yeah. steal your stuff cool. well, thank you and last but not least to close any final key bits of advice to our final year students graduates who are either contemplating the next steps in terms of becoming more entrepreneurial, exploring, having their own label, their own business, any bits of advice you'd give them at the moment to take away? Yes, definitely apply for the Princess Trust <laughs> loan scheme. Definitely apply for Virgin Startup loan scheme. Go for networking events um, that may not necessarily to be to do with fashion, but there's money out there and you know you can get it. So just as long as you're on it. That's why I feel comfortable about talking about my business plan now, mm. because it's like, I've realized, okay, there's a loan scheme, there's this, there's that, and I just need to show them that my idea is working and mm. what I'm doing to make it work. I think sometimes we want the money to come to prove them, prove to people, this is what I can do. No, mm. sometimes you need to prove what you can do and the demand of what you can do is out there for people to then be like, okay, here's the money, do it. Because something like the Virgin's um, startup um, scheme, it's like there was the workshop yesterday. I was so happy. I was smiling. Mm. It was about business, about figures. And I was like smiling mm. Mm. as a creative, like never in the, the world would I have thought like, okay, I could actually ever feel that way. It was free. Sometimes people have to pay for stuff like this on courses. And yeah, definitely those two, Princess Trust and Virgin Startup. There, there are others out there, but... Um, we'll put the links up as well. Yes. Alongside this, this podcast where it's advertised. Would, just, would you say then that a business plan as early as possible, if you have any ambitions, whether it's now or in the next couple of years, is worth something investing in working on? Yes, because it scared me for the longest time. And actually, when I dedicated myself to it, it actually happened. Also, Virgin Startup have a template, because I think this is what people want when you go for this workshop, well, before you go for it, they, they send you a template of how to structure a business plan, the information they're gonna need. You may now not necessarily use it for Virgin, you can use it for anyone else, right. but at least you would have a template mm. and you know you would understand mm. what is required to have a, a meaningful business plan, mm. basically. That's great. And it's a great opportunity as well to remind our students that we now have the student enterprise team um, at London College of Fashion, which is exclusively to support students with developing business plans, understanding how to take their ideas into the creative industry. So we'll also make sure that those links and all the bits of information you mentioned, Harold, uh, accompany the details of this podcast as well. Can I just say thank you very much for taking us through a really interesting journey. I think your points about getting experience, taking opportunities, the attitude you've shown towards graduating from LCF and obviously I remember you from, from when you were studying here which shows you how long I've been here as well um, and I remember the enthusiasm and the attitude you had towards your own career journey which I think stands out so yeah thank you very much uh, for supporting us we'll bring you back in a couple of years when you've done even more world domination you're welcome. Um, but yeah thank you very much you're welcomed you're welcomed